places. Me? Yeah, I'm the only. Gary has warned me not to talk about talking about the voices I hear in my head, but <laughs> but I do. <laughs> so we are here today to wake up to that still small voice that's within, right? That's often overpowered by the other thoughts that we hold in mind, and we have been basing our Lenten series here on Birthing a Greater Reality, a book that was written by Reverend Robert Brummett. And in the chapter on waking up that I want to start with today, he has this, this little reading. So soon after his enlightenment, the Buddha passed on the road a man who was struck by the extraordinary radiance and peacefulness of Buddha's presence. The man stopped and asked, My friend, what are you? Are you a god? No, said Buddha. Well, then, are you some kind of magician or a wizard? Again, the Buddha answered, no. Are you a man? No. A friend, then what are you? And the Buddha replied, I am awake. I am awake. What does it mean to be awake? Right? To wake up. So what is it that we are talking about? What are you waking up to? What does it mean to be awake? You guys know me well enough to know that I'm expecting a response. (laughs) What does it mean to be awake? Peggy, to pay attention. Pay attention to what? Anything and everything. Beautiful. Yes, Kate. To live consciously rather than reactively. Anybody else? Yes, Margie. To be open. To be open to what, Margie? The whole universe. I am open to the whole universe. Sandy, what's it mean to you to be awake? To live from my heart and not my head. To observe. What are we observing, Ed? Everything. You guys must have been listening over these last few weeks, right? Karen, to feel joy. To feel joy. Or maybe to feel sad. Or maybe to feel angry. Or maybe to feel peace. To be open to it all. Gabriella, to listen. And which, what are we listening to? Everything. And then we're discerning, right? And what we're hearing is that that still, small voice calling me deeper, or is it that voice of ego that wants me to stay little and small and comfortable, right? What are we listening to? To be aware, to be open, to be receptive. Anybody else? To be, to just be, to just be, Jim. To take the filters off. And what filters are you taking off, Jim? <laughs> Remember all those filters, those perspectives that we saw life through, that we're projecting onto the mirror of life, represented there by the little sticky notes, right? So we are here to wake up to all of that, right? to wake up. So I love, what I absolutely love is right now it appears that we are at a place in human consciousness. Remember we talked about the evolution of human consciousness, and we appear to be at this place in human consciousness where it's not just unity talking about that 
Christ's spirit within, but that we're hearing that voice from different places. So years ago, I picked up a book by Matthew Fox called The Coming of the Cosmic Christ. So what we in unity call Christ consciousness, Matthew Fox called the Cosmic Christ. And then most recently, hearing from uh, Father Richard Rohr from the Catholic tradition, who has written a book called The Universal Christ. You might be reading this book. It might look different than this one. You sent me an advance. Oh, wait. There's the cosmic alarm clock. Wake up! Wake up! Can you imagine? Wouldn't that be awesome if there was like this cosmic alarm clock that would go off and it would remind us in that moment, oh yes, I'm supposed to be waking up. So what does that mean to wake up? It means to realize and recognize that Christ consciousness within you and within me. And what the heck is that? So I wanted to share with you um, from Father Richard Rohr from his book, The Universal Christ, what he calls this universal Christ that unity calls Christ consciousness that Matthew Fox calls the cosmic Christ, all one and the same thing that we're talking about here. This is what Richard Rohr, Father Richard Rohr says. The Christ mystery anoints all physical matter with eternal purpose from the very beginning. We should not be surprised that the word we translate from the Greek as Christ comes from the Hebrew word Messiah, meaning the anointed one, or Messiah. He reveals that all is anointed. Take that in. All is anointed. Is there any exception in that? None. Does that include you? Many are still praying and waiting for something that has already been given to us three times. First, in creation. You know, Father Rohr says, the earth and all of creation is soaked with this universal Christ. Right? So it's already been given to us because we're created, it's here. It's already been given to us. Second, in Jesus. So that we could hear Him and see Him with our eyes. Watch Him. And touch him with our hands, the word who is life. Look, not to put Jesus on some pedestal and say, look at how, what a great Christ he is. But to recognize and realize that he, in living his life, showed us the same way that we could experience and express that universal Christ. That is within all creation. And then there's a third way. And the third in the ongoing beloved community what Christians call the body of Christ, which is slowly evolving throughout all of human history. We are still in the flow. Still in the flow. That universal Christ, that cosmic Christ, that Christ consciousness that is here now that we are doing what we are waking up to. But what gets in our way? What gets in your way of waking up that universal Christ, that Christ consciousness that is within. Ego. Who here has got an ego? Right? Everybody. Right? And that ego that has been designed for this human condition, but that can um, take charge and take over, and rather being in service to that Christ consciousness, ignores that Christ consciousness and wants to be in charge, that ego. Wake up. 
are more than an ego. You are that very Christ's essence desiring to express through you and through me. What gets in your way of waking up? I saw that yawn, I think, there, Rita. What gets in your way of waking up? Fear. Fear. Maybe I, even the very idea that there is something to fear gets in my way. What else? Yeah, worry. Worry. Anybody worry? Remember, I brought out all my tools today, so I got my mirror women. That will be back in the women's room next week, I promise. And my mirror of life and all the projections that I've projected onto it. And then, you know, the way that we just walk through life with our fears, with our worries, with our patterns, with our habits, with the ways that we do things that keep us comfortable. If I can just stay within my comfort zone, I am so happy here, only I'm really not because there's this voice, this small voice inside of me that's calling me to something greater. Those habits, those patterns that keep us stuck and asleep rather than waking up and recognizing and realizing that I am evolving in my consciousness. That as I meet that fear, as I meet that worry, as I meet that anxiety, as I meet whatever it is that I am going through, that this is simply an opportunity that is presenting itself so that I can evolve in consciousness. Being overwhelmed. I've got that one. Kind of like, I think I've got to do it all myself. Oh. And then the universe calls. And it says, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And I take a step back and I recognize and realize, oh, it's not me alone that needs to do this. I'm not alone in this. I have that all power within me, that all presence within me, that all possibility within me that is lifting me and sustaining me. And these are not new ideas. Maybe human consciousness has only just now become prepared to hear them from all the different traditions, but these are the ways of of living and waking up that have been around forever that Father Richard Rohr is just the most recent Catholic mystic talking about these things, but the mystics have been talking about this throughout the ages. Wake up! And know who you are. And so in Matthew Fox's book, The Coming of the Cosmic Christ, he gives all of these quotes from people who are sharing these same things. The mystics throughout the ages, like Clement of Alexandria, who said, The Logos of God has become human so that you might learn from a human being how a human being may become divine. Do you hear in that mystic statement that it wasn't just Jesus alone? That he came as our example, not the exception. People think, you know, I'm crazy when I say that. People have left unity because, well, I don't believe that. I believe Jesus is the exception. But guess what? The mystics throughout the ages have been telling us he's not the exception. He was a human being that came to show us other human beings how we could be divine. All these things and even greater things than this can you do. He told us. Are you ready to to take that idea seriously? 
Hildegard of Bingen says, it is God whom human beings know in every creature. Again, do you hear exceptions there? Father Richard Rohr tells us all of human, all of uh, creation is soaked with Christ's consciousness. God is in all creation. The incarnation, this is Thomas Aquinas, the incarnation accomplished the following, that God became human and that humans became God and sharers in the divine nature. Is this not unity? I mean, we thought unity started, you know, in the late 1800s. But it has its roots in this mystical tradition that have reminded us throughout the ages to wake up. You and I are divine. Lastly, Julian of Norwich. See, I'm God. See, I am everything. See, I never lift my hands off my work, nor will I ever. See, I lead everything toward the purpose for which I ordained it. Without beginning, by the same power, wisdom, and love by which I created, how could anything be amiss? How could anything be amiss? You know that fear we talked about, that worry, that concern, that that doubt, that anxious thought, whatever it is that you're carrying with you, that the stories that you create in your mind keep you stuck and asleep. When what God is saying, how could anything be amiss? I'm here. I'm standing it under it all. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. And know. But in order to wake up, what you and I have to wake up to is the, the wholeness, the fullness of what we are. To wake up to all of it. I heard so many of you say it. What are we looking at? All of it. What are we feeling? All of it. What are we knowing? All of it. Jesus, Jesus said, uh, take up your cross and come follow me. Take up your cross and come follow me. Now, he did not say, you know, leave that cross there and ignore it and come follow me. He didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, take that cross that you got and stuff it away and then come follow me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Take up those feelings of fear and worry and doubt. Pick them up. Follow me. Pick it all up. Whatever you've been denying, pick it up. Follow me. Whatever cross you or I are... Oh, whoop, whoop. There's the wake-up call again. The universe is calling us, wake up. Wake up. Here in this moment, wake up. Who remembers this morning waking up? What was the first thought that you had when you woke up today? I'll tell you mine. It's the same every Sunday. Oh, God, I hope you got the words for me today. That first wake up. What did you think when you woke up this morning? Anybody want to have the courage to share? Ed, what did you think? What time is it? Connie. I don't want to get up. How many 
Jacob, you heard that, that wake-up call from the universe saying, wake up, wake up to who you are. And we go, no, I don't want to wake up to that. I saw what happened to Jesus when he woke up. I don't want to have to walk through something like he had to walk through. Right? And, and Jesus, as our example, taught us in his waking up that, you know what, he experienced and felt it all. Isn't that what the Garden of Gethsemane experience was about? It was him embracing, picking up that cross of, of fear that he felt within. I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake up. Nevertheless, God, nevertheless, not my will, but what you want. I'll wake up. And remember, I've said this in this series. I'll continue to say it. I do not believe that what God wanted was the will, his will was not that Jesus be crucified. That was just where Jesus' life led him to. You know, he, he kind of made some people upset that were up in power, right? And they wanted to shut him up, and that led to the crucifixion. So he was going to be crucified. It wasn't that. It was walking through it in that consciousness of being awake through the experience owning it all, and in that process, recognizing and realizing that he was supported through it by that power and presence that is God, to be awake through it. And guess what? Even in the experience, he fell asleep briefly when he said from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have we not had those same thoughts in our mind as we're going through it? But listen, he didn't stay there. He, he thought, well, I've been forsaken. So I'm going to feel this forsakenness. My God, why did you forsake me? But by the end, his final words were, into your hands I commit my spirit. Once more, remembering and recognizing I am one with that divine power and presence that is God. That was the will that God had for Jesus. Walk through this experience. Awake. Wake up. Wake up. Who else has a first thought this morning? Anybody want to share? My dog came and licked me, and I just want to be left alone. Leave me alone in my self-pity. Leave me alone in my anger. Leave me alone in my unforgiveness. Leave me alone, because it's easier to stay asleep, isn't it? It's time to wake up. Wake up to who you are and to who I am. This is what, from my understanding, this Holy Week is about, and the Easter experience is about. It's about this idea of waking up, of allowing yourself to pick up whatever it is, whatever the burden is that you feel like you don't want anymore, that you'd like to stuff down and ignore and pretend it's not there and just stay in this comfortable uncomfortable. This last Holy Week experience of Jesus is our example that we can walk through it all. Awake. Aware. Embracing the fear. Embracing the uh, uh, sadness. Embracing the whatever it is that wants to come up. Just embracing it. Walk through it. Because what we're promised is that if we are willing to do so, if we are willing to sit in the tomb of the mystery and the darkness of it, our concern is that we'll get stuck there. If I open up and begin to feel my sadness, it might be a never-ending pit of sadness. If 
I wake up and allow myself to feel my anger, I might be like in a fit of rage for the rest of my life. Right? And it's because those things have power over us. Because we've not allowed ourselves to express them. So we sit in, the, in that tomb of darkness and the mystery of it, allowing the transformation to occur so that we can come out the other side because that is the promise of Easter. That if we are willing to walk through that crucifixion open and sit with it in the darkness and in the mystery of it, that we will be transformed and on the other side of it, we will resurrect. We will resurrect. Into all that God is calling us to be, that next evolution in our consciousness. I, I love how all of these ideas are coming together. And Richard Rohr's book, you know, he talks about spiral dynamics that we talked about early on in the series. This idea that human consciousness is evolving. And individually, each of us are evolving in our consciousness. And that a situation arises that becomes a dilemma for us that we would look at as our cross. And we want to set it down. We don't want to pick it up. But what the theory of spiral dynamics has given us is that if we are willing to sit with this dilemma and to walk through it openly, honestly, that dilemma itself will support us in evolving to the next level of our consciousness. And we continue to evolve and to evolve and to evolve until someday, today, we fully wake up to the understanding that I am divine and you are divine and we are divine. And together we can co-create a greater reality. Can do so. So, here's the practice. So, the practice that uh, Reverend Brummett gives us in this particular chapter is the practice of uh, mindfulness. If you're not familiar with the practice, then the very word itself may make you think that you're supposed to fill up your mind. But it's just the opposite. The practice of mindfulness is that practice that so many of you spoke about when I said, what does it mean to wake up? It's that being fully present, being fully aware, being fully open to whatever the experience is. So this is what it looks like. Close your eyes. Take a breath. And here in this moment, just become aware of the sounds. Sounds that are going on around you. hear the hum of the projector. I hear the birds. Oh, this is happening. Becoming aware of the chair under your feet, the, the ground that your feet are resting upon. How fully supported you are right there, right now. Becoming aware of the way that you feel right now. Whatever that feeling is, Joy, sadness, but peace, but hope. Being aware and attaching no story to it, but being aware of how you feel. And just pausing in that moment and just being, as Ed said, just being. That is mindfulness. 
And then opening your eyes and moving from that moment into the activity of your day, ready to wake up and be that cosmic Christ expressing, be that universal Christ expressing, be that Christ consciousness expressing. Now here comes my, my famous bed. Because on Friday, here in Unity Hall, we have a ex- Good Friday experience that's different this year. It's, it's the stations of the cosmic Christ. It comes from the work of Matthew Fox. There are 16 stations. And Unity Hall will be set up with these 16 stations. Each area will have two stations, thoughts for contemplation, as well as an activity that will ground you in that particular station's thought and idea. And the whole purpose is to embrace this cosmic Christ that you are. Are you ready to wake up with me? So you can come and join that anytime from noon till 7 on Friday. And you can practice mindfulness throughout your week. And you can take with you this idea that I'm ready to wake up. And what does that mean again? So I'm going to bring us back to what the Divinity Word told us today because it was so perfect. The Spirit of God dwells in me and I am made perfect. The Spirit of God dwells in me and I am made perfect. Will you say that? The Spirit of God dwells in me and I am made perfect. Wake up! Turn to someone and tell them the Spirit of God dwells in you and you are made perfect. The Spirit of God dwells in you and you are made perfect. Now all together, wake up! Let's do it for all of us. The Spirit of God dwells in us and we are made perfect. Let's say that. The Spirit of God dwells in us and we are made perfect. Together, wake up! You can hear that alarm calling or not. That still small voice is constantly calling. Wake up and listen. Thank you and God bless.